Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Let the Music Be Your Master. My name is Jordan Harmon. We are coming to you live from our newly procured office suite from all our sponsorship money. And I'm the joined by... Yeah, We're the here war in the war room. room. I'm joined by my colleagues to my left. Jason Johnson. Brandon Arnold. Steve Ricks. And we are coming to you today with our episode entitled Shallow Cuts. A deep dive into pop, or maybe a shallow dive into pop. We've got we got a lot of deep cuts in our episodes, and we're gonna we're gonna be looking into more popular music. So we're gonna get started first. We'll tell you the, we'll tell you the structure of how we're gonna do this today. But first, we're gonna hear from our friend and EP, Mister Brandon Arnold. Oh, hey. going to tell us something good. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, that means I should uh, play the theme music for. Telling you something good, huh? I can't, I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> All right. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to tell you something good and that I love you. Um, so I mentioned in last, we'll say last week's episode, last month's episode. Okay. Last month's episode. <laughs> I was the honorary recipient of a... Uh, um, a playlist of hip hop tunes from our, our devoted listener. I don't think he actually is a listener, but uh, neighbor. The, he's a, I think he's a listener. The offspring, a listener. the offspring of one of our listeners. He's definitely listened in the he's past. Listened because he took issue with some of our picks. Yeah, because his mom made him listen to parts of it. I think they both get frustrated because <laughs> they're like, oh, "How can they not pick this and this?" But yeah, they've listened anyway, enough to a- get mad. HT was kind enough to make me a personalized playlist of hip hop songs that I might like. Yes, um, there were a lot of good, a lot of good stuff on there. Something called Ice Ice Baby, and something called. <laughs> Uh, uh, can't touch this. Are you Don't sure? Give are away you, your are you picks. sure this isn't? Are you sure not? You're, you're not looking at the list for your, for Jordan's episode today. No, yeah. he he did send me that list as as a joke, and then he sent me a real one. Um, and it most of these I had I had not heard of. There's a there's a few that I recognize the names. Um, but uh, a bunch of these were. Totally new to me. Loyal Carner. You guys know him? I didn't. Lupe Fiasco. Kids See Ghosts. Lupe, yeah. Um, Open Mike Eagle. Mm-hmm. Saba. J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, lots, of, lots of stuff that I, that I did quite like. Um, I had heard of Chance the Rapper before, but had never listened to him. Um, I know I'd seen him on Saturday Night Live. I don't think I watched the music part, though. Just... Just oh, saw he the was, sketches. He was good. He he actually had good performances yeah. on it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, there's. I like the sketch when he was suspended in the air and he kept oh, yeah, floating. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Or yeah. the the hockey commentary. Oh yeah! Oh, the esports. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was the esports <laughs> the esports commentator. Did he? Was he on there twice? He had a Halloween episode that was incredible too. Really, really mm. good. Yeah. So the this song from from him I had never heard before and I, I quite like it. It's called How Great by Chance the Rapper. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh we'll see how great is our God. 
So it has this gospel choir stuff for the first probably two minutes or so. I'll, I'll skip forward once Chance comes in. God is better than the world's best thing. God is better than the best thing that the world has to offer. Magnify, magnify, lift it on high. Spit a Spotify to qualify a spot on his side. I cannot modify, ratify. My mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Devil will win employee of the month by the dozen. To one score in three years from the third when he doesn't. My village raised him a child, come through the crib and it's busting. You meet anyone from my city, they gon' say that we cousins. Shabak, Barack, edify. Electrify the enemy like Hedwig till he petrified. Any petty Peter Petter group could get the Pesticide, 79th, 79th. I don't believe in science, I believe in signs. Don't believe in signing, I seen dollar signs. Color white, color crime. Good God, the gift of freedom, Hosanna Santa. Invoked and woke up slaves from Southampton to Chatham Manor. My dream girls behind me feel like I'm James Early. The type of worship make Jesus come back a day early. With the faith of a pumpkin, see size mustard seed here. For I will speak noble things as entrusted me. Only righteous, I might just shrug it. The skullduggery, I couldn't stand to see another rapper lose custody. Exalt, exalt, glorify. Descend upon the earth with swords and fortify the borders where your shortest. Well, good pick. All right, that was something good. Um, well done. So for today's episode, where here's the structure. What we're gonna do is we're, we've done something like this before. I'm gonna ask a question, and we're all gonna answer with three words. The question is, what do we? What three words do you think of when you think of pop music? So we're gonna go around and do that. And I got a little metaphor to share that we can kind of riff off of for a minute and see what you guys think, anything you have to add or, to, or, or alter about it. And then we'll go ahead and get into the, the meat of the episode, which we'll, we're going to take turns. We'll start with Jason and just go clockwise. And we're going to, each of us are tasked with picking one top 10 hit from each decade from the 80s, from the decade starting with the 80s, the 90s, and the, the aughts, and then the 2010s. So we'll each have four picks We'll go kind of four rounds, 80s first, 90s. And one of the rules is that we cannot pick an artist or a band that we've already featured on this podcast, whether in our uh, episodes about the, the Hall of Fame wings or on the, the other episodes. Now, any of our honorable mentions, yes, we could pick those. But the other ones, we can't. Some of us might forget. And so if, if I pick one that we've already had, I might get rejected or swatted out of the building by Brandon, Rudy, Gobert, Arnold, or Jason Hakeem Olajuwon Johnson or, you know, Steve, uh, I don't know, Theo Ratliff, Ricks. <laughs> Former defense player of the year, Wyoming, uh, University of Wyoming. Right. Alum. Mark, yeah, right. Mark Eaton. Yeah, Mark Eaton. There we go. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so anyway, we'll start, we'll start with the uh, three things, three words that you think of when you think so, of popular music. So you just hit us with this question. So this is very knee-jerk. This is new. This is knee-jerk. Um, I have Shallow. Saccharin, formulaic. Ooh, okay. take that, pop music. <laughs> Shallow, saccharin, formulaic. Let's hear it, Brandon. Uh, come back to me. 
Ah, I see. I was I wasn't listening he to was any of this say, stuff, so I haven't even thought about he, it. He was Where's your say, mind at? <laughs> he was going to say the same words I picked. I picked yeah. his. There might be some redundancy built in here. I apologize, but catchy, Good. memorable. Those things are a little redundant, and universal. Okay, mm. and I'll go with accessible. Uh, overproduced <laughs> or produced hyphenated, and then the last one. I guess that could be I'm one word. Say Sorry, zeitgeist, and that's going to take me into the metaphor. But if, if Brandon wants to throw in a couple of his words, relational, <laughs> relational, yeah. Uh, resource. <laughs> what does that mean? What does and, the first one mean? And street. Resource and street. Yeah. Okay. You read the board. You're just reading. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know exactly what you did. He's reading the board oh. in the war room. And that doesn't say relationship. Oh. <laughs> shushi. Shushi. Yeah, that's right. You're shushi. Okay. So we've His got. color we've blindness. Got, and there is in. some overlap, you know, with whether we call it universal, accessible. Uh, shallow. It's friendly. It's approachable. It's pop music. It's uh, Un- unthreatening. Unthreatening. After, un- unless it's popular, it'd be threatening. And then it's threatening, but in a way that's kind of accepted by the populace. So, so here's here's my metaphor. My metaphor is this: It's um, I'm not a surfer, but I I know us. I know some surfers. Like one of our good friends, Adam Marais, is a surfer. I tried it once. It's so freaking hard. I've done some boogie boarding, but the idea is, you really you got to catch this wave at this right time. And then once you catch the wave, you can ride this wave, but you can't ride it forever. Like you're you're done after a while. But the waves keep coming. The waves keep coming, right? Uh, after over and over again, and surfers go out there and, and they'll ride these swells and they'll eventually try to catch this wave. So my metaphor is that popular music, and I'm wanting to go with the word zeitgeist, like being able to ride in the wave of the zeitgeist. And zeitgeist is a word that George Hegel, was it George or Martin? Anyway, he, he was the German philosopher that is very important, but really no one knows about him. But he came up with the term zeitgeist because German is a Lego philosophy language. You can put words together and come up with these concepts. Zeitgeist. I feel like I'm at college. Zeitgeist means it'll it'll be over soon. Zeitgeist means time and ghost or spirit. So it's the spirit of the times, right? So zeitgeist is that word for like, what's the kind of unspeakable trend or thing that's kind of unseeable, but it's kind of carrying us in its matrix or its framework. It's carrying us in terms of attitudes you know, it could go into fashion, it could go into art, it could go, go into slang. So it manifests physically, but it's this kind of spirit or cultural force is the zeitgeist. So there's this wave is the metaphor. And every once in a while, a band or an artist or a movie director or a fine artist or a fashion designer or a social or political movement is going to be riding this wave. And and it's just it seems kind of to the majority of people like that's the thing that's the that's the thing that we either all like or we hate or we but we comment on it it's the thing that kind of is defining maybe our generation or we're we're identifying with or against in some way so the beatles were iconic in terms of riding that wave for quite a while but then eventually they weren't they were still doing music but they were like sitting on their surfboards waiting for a swell, but, or just kind of enjoying the sun out there. But then, 
you know, it was Led Zeppelin riding the wave, or it was, you know, uh, Joni Mitchell or whoever. So that's kind of my metaphor. And I, what I want to do is I want to, because pop music for me, I think for a lot of us, maybe we've talked about this in the 80s episode, we come at it a little bit negatively, right? Like if something's popular, then it's got to be not as good is, is a lot of times. And so I want to try to challenge us to come at pop music in a loving if it, if way. If it comes from the mainstream media. Sorry, the right. lamestream media. The lamestream media, media oh, that it can't goodness. be good, then it's got to be, yeah. So I want to challenge us to try to like look for the best in pop music. What is good about it? What is it, you know, what is good about the accessibility? Or, or, is, or is there not anything good about it? And um, there's more we could go here, but I, I know I'm talking too much already. But any thoughts you guys are having? Any changes or places this is spurring you or different directions you want to go? I've got my three words ready. That's it. Fun. Okay. Except for when it's not fun. Not all popular. Right. Uh, emotional. Okay. Except for when it isn't emotional. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Glamorous. Fun, emotional, glamorous. And I like that you said, except for when it's not. And that, to me, that's the sense of the zeitgeist. It's the pendulum can swing. You can have something be popular and it sounds like Nirvana, everything that came after Nirvana but you can have something that's popular. It sounds like Nelly's it's getting hot in here or even like more intense gangster rap or whatever. So um, anyway, other thoughts about this, this metaphor or just pop music and this whole idea of, um, you know, uh, what makes something, what makes something popular, not just from a a negative disdainful. Yeah. A couple of things. It was interesting going through the lists. Um, of of what so like i i think well i don't know if you mentioned it but i so we're using like basically billboard hot lists as our as our guide as our our indicator of what what was popular what the zeitgeist was it was interesting going through those and kind of um reflecting on what was going on with music at the time um and kind of seeing how how that how pop music did did change it did um, mutate, adjust, like from the '80s into the the 2000 teens, and then the the other thing, like I I guess I kind of bounced between two different approaches. Um, one was just fully leaning into like guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. I, I know mm-hmm. like the 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 persona I put out shouldn't like this thing, but I secretly kind of like it, right? And so I'm just going to lean into it. Sure. Or the other one was like really trying to find jams like can i wade through all this stuff that maybe doesn't have like you know the as much value to me can i still pull, something find, that like, made it through find this nugget yeah. that somehow slipped through that somehow right. feels like it, it is inherently better yeah. but also managed to intersect with uh with popularity at right. the time right yeah that's that's cool. I like that. It it makes me think of you know this idea of if something's popular, it can't be that good. I think I mentioned this once before, maybe on the podcast. If it you know, but it was I remember reading about Huey Lewis. Right, he had Stan Getz, one of my favorite saxophone players, on an album, and I remember reading about him and saying when he became popular, he was disappointed because he thought his music was better than that. And I remember reading that and thinking, weird, like his music is so poppy. But then it goes back to that New Wave episode when when New Wave was starting off, the popular music was not fun and 
all that. And then the new wave people kind of like, oh, let's get back to doing some 50s type or, or some exotic stuff or different stuff. And angular stuff. And that was, fu- that was fun. That was, or, and that was outside at first. So you get someone like Huey Lewis that when you think of him, you're like, oh, that's, he was totally trying to be pop. At the time he was, sounds like at the time he was trying to do his music, he felt like he was an outsider and trying to do something different than what was popular. And then, of course, it's, you know, in Back to the Future and, I'm listening to it, dancing around in my room with the uh, what was that song? I can't remember. Um, this is it. No, yeah, which, which, this is which it. for the record, Do-wop. I mean, it's not like his music accidentally ended up in Back to the Future. I mean, he was complicit. He was, in it. Yeah, he was yeah. complicit with well, that. By then, so he, he was already he was already popular. Fair enough, yeah. but he obviously was embracing it. I don't think he's turning down that money. That exactly. Was <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think he's loving it, right? But it's like it is interesting that what can be popular in one decade and a decade later is lame. You know that that might and be And what's underground 5 years that, ago, 10 years ago. I think that becomes, maybe that kind of lines up with one of the things that like an assumption that I'm it certainly isn't unique to me, but I think that maybe there's this assumption of selling out that coincides with popularity. Like if I'm making a thing that I want to be really popular, if I'm making a thing that I want everybody else to like, then have I, have I sold out to like just representing the art that exists inside of me that's unique, that's self-expression. And, and it, it doesn't, it obviously doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, but I think that there is some sense that that like especially for for artists that feel like they really want and embrace and seek after popularity that it that it somehow has to coincide with yeah. with selling out which which may or may not be the case but I know that's certainly like an idea that I have to that I I find myself reconciling yeah. with yeah I think that's a good point Steve what do you think. Sorry, I'm just in a uh, in a post way fries. too caffeinated uh, <laughs> state of euphoria <laughs> over here. <laughs> I should I should be You're more amped, wired. but now but now I'm like yeah. I you got, want me to get you I got another so one? wired? I passed over to the other side. I'm just being comatose. <laughs> I'm like ah, You're in heart the, beating. You're in the yeah. monster <laughs> monster cable. You, you need another one? I'll be your de- I'll <laughs> no, be your dealer, man. No, no, no. <laughs> If I get another one, you're going to be calling 911, I think. I'm, I'm good. I'm sipping this one slowly, and there's still like three-fourths of it left. Please. Okay. Um, yeah, gosh, I don't know. My, mind, my mind's going all over the place, including to just my, to my picks and thinking of all these things. It's a great – uh, this is always a blast to get together and talk about music, but the, each, each episode and kind of focuses its own unique thing. And this sort of thing is kind of nostalgic for me, of course, you know, anytime you're delving back into the past and kind of thinking. And it's an interesting challenge to do the, the top the, – the pop, you know, top 10, whatever, hits. Uh, because, yeah, I've always had a – Except when I was really, you know, the the decades we're talking about are all decades where, you know, I was more, my musical opinions were more formed. So the the pop and the top hits would be stuff that generally, uh, yeah, either kind of like what Jason was saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to admit to liking, or it would be like, okay, I'll allow myself this guilty pleasure, but... But, you know, generally I don't like stuff like this or whatever. I, I sort of distance myself from the popular, uh, the sellout, this kind of thing. But 
yeah. So I appreciate. What am I? Where am I heading with this? Uh, I appreciate Jordan's invite to treat this with love and compassion and whatever. And uh, I, I think there are absolutely these hits that I, you know, they aren't. I don't feel any guilt about loving some of them, you know. And and there's a real art. I mean, if, if somebody's goal is to create something popular, I mean. Okay, why not? Go for it. And and on the one hand, I'm critical I can be critical of that type of approach or whatever. It's not my own interest all the time musically, but but I do when I get into some of these I have to appreciate the skill and it's like and just it's just the the notion of thinking about can you create something that's just so ubiquitous? Like everyone on the planet knows this tune or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. I mean, wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think about certain licks or tunes or hooks, and so that's what I always think when I think of pop music, you know, there's there's a hook and there's just some songs where uh, uh, it's like you don't even, it's like you think of a decade and you think, okay, what's what's my gut first reaction for that decade, a song, and you say the song, and it's just like certain songs or certain things were just, you right. heard them everywhere. Right. And, and that's... Like an audio uh, meme oops, or me. something. <laughs> <laughs> you just took you just took one of my picks, dude. Oh, baby. <laughs> so, sorry. I owned this CD for less than two weeks. <laughs> what happened to it? I bought so Great Whale CD in yeah. Provo, Utah had this incredible system where you you could listen oh, to yeah. something for fourteen days and then return it that, yeah. and exchange it for something else. And I had I stretched a single like eighteen dollar purchase out for over a year. Just trying stuff out, and poor, this was this was definitely this part, of that, of, uh, part of that part of that traveler. Yep, yeah. poor blues traveler. And then in my day, it was like ten thousand maniacs. They always seemed to have the hugest section in the in Grey Whale. <laughs> you know, it's it's cool. Though. It's interesting to look at different no, anyway. decades or periods. Like this was a popular song. This was on VH1. This was on the radio. And yet, this song, and like that whole decade, the pop music in the 90s, at least some of it, was alternative, right? It was alternative pop. It was different. Hey, it was save like, it for when we get to the 90s, right, George. let's do that. Yeah, so, yeah, so my, bad. Take my bad for let's playing bring that song. In. Yeah, you, you, you Steve was it. just talking about hooks. <laughs> I was rambling, rambling. Was. And uh, one last ramble is, is just to say one-hit wonders. Like, that's something that just kept yeah, coming yeah, back to yeah, mind, yeah. along with, like, guilty pleasures. And it's wonders. like And it's like you've got... You have certain people that were just hit makers, like Michael Jackson, whatever. It's like everything they do is just, mm-hmm. it's a number one hit, or it's in the top 10. But then then there are also these little gems where it's like, that's that's the only hit. That's but for, it. But it's the mm-hmm. zeitgeist, maybe. It's the person just riding the wave and hitting the timing just at the right spot, and boom, but... They just didn't have the talent or didn't have the right say, it, combination it to sustain it. It is a testament it. to what you said earlier, like that ability to create something that's so ubiquitous. U- ubiquitous? Did ubiquitous. I say that right? Ubiquitous. There you ubiquitous, go. Ubiquitous, yeah. I knew it was wrong. But ubiquitous. It's, it's one thing to be able to do it <laughs> once, but it's like a superpower. And, and there's certain names that continue to come up, either as producer or artist, yeah. or in some cases both. Yeah. Where where they clearly do have a superpower to be able to do that. Repeatedly. That's where there's a, there's perhaps a formula 
a kind of formulaic thing, and that's fascinating. Like, what is well, the? There, I mean, we, it's almost like Krispy Kreme. Like, no, there's a certain amount of sugar and flour and gla- like that you get, and people are going to come back. It's not very good for I, them. I, I referenced but they're love it, it before, you know? and I don't want to take us too far down a rabbit hole. There's a group called the Bald Norwegians yes. that figured out yeah. an algorithm, an actual algorithm yeah. for pop, and especially like in the early two thousands, when hits. you look through those Billboard hot lists, like. Dozens and dozens and dozens of the songs yeah. that are on there were written and churned out of that. Did you read that group. Rolling Stone article about those guys? Mm-hmm. That was really. There was I a, think there was you a whole, or Christian shared it on Facebook, and I'm there was an Atlantic thinking, article about him as well. Maybe it's, it was that it's one. kind of terrifying yeah. because it it makes you wonder, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> how much? How much you're actually choosing? But I think what even like. that they weren't doing that in the 70s and 80s. I mean, that was a group that figured it out for this time. That's right. what. That's what makes it more interesting to me than just saying, oh, it's the formula for the whole time. Because the pop pop music in the 60s, like you go back and listen to the, the 50s doo-wop, and a lot of that sounds familiar, like very similar, but it's definitely different than and what's happening in the 2000s. And maybe that's one of the things the that, I, that makes me think as well that part of my resistance is if I feel like it's formulaic, then I feel like it's almost taking control of my will. It's, right. it's like, did yeah. I actually choose this? Or is, uh, is the I'm system just by... making me listen yeah. to what I what I like, what it thinks I like, because it found a formula, and right. so I'm like, yeah, just stuck in this. I think that's interesting. Stuck in this in this listening well, let's, rut. Let's get it going. Unless Brandon, do you have any last thing to add, or do you want? Should we get going? To I picks? want to get into some music. Let's get into some music. All right. So I'm gonna. I want. I would like to take my as the 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 say the director of this show, my uh, prerogative to start us with Jason and go clockwise. And we'll start with the 80s. So we're doing 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. 2010s. I guess we can give commentary on the decades during and after. Yeah. Just mostly comment on your song, but give whatever. I am curious. Maybe we can come back to it after. There was one specific decade that was by far the 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 worst the for me yeah. i hated it the worst yeah and i'm curious if that if anyone same else me. Same ha- with me. had the same 2000s yeah. well do we want to mention it now it was 2000s yeah. yes absolutely I, let's that, get this cat out of the bag 2000. 2000s. the 2000s sucks <laughs> so and, bad and i think there's a couple reasons the 2010s like i feel like it saved it music it got better really good it, it, an interesting thing in the 2000s, um, music started going streaming. It wasn't until 2005 that Billboard started including streams right. in their hot lists. And so you can kind of feel the change. And then you also have this weird thing where you start seeing like American Idol names coming up. So names from these music contests on right. TV showing up in hot lists as well. And the landscape of music just felt kind of broken in the 2000s. Yeah. It was like, it was really oh, lost. And the hit, the popular hip hop to Brandon's point when, you know, it, to me, it's not just the, whether it's debaucherous I, or not. I the wouldn't even say it's just hip hop. The actual music was so bad, which we also talked in our 2000s episode that it was like a great decade for indie music. Yeah. Indie music was, you know, all that, all that stuff was really... Great. Let, let's do let's the 80s first, though. 80s. Jason. All right, 80s. Um, oh, man. I'm just going to go. This one's kind of an earworm. It's definitely one I think most people have heard, but it's a song that I still really like. I don't, And I'm not going to apologize. I don't feel guilty. To borrow cool. Steve's I got words. it queued up right no, here. No guilty here, pleasure. Here we go. Here a simple we go. pleasure. <laughs> Before you even announce it, it's <laughs> yeah. Brandon with your pick. Oh, great. <laughs> is this Chicago? Peter Cetera? Yeah. It's a great song. Which one? Both? Glory of Love. Peter Cetera. Yeah. 
I mean, you picked it. Yeah, this is this is my song. <laughs> it's Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. It's very clear. It's way above the line here. So here's what I want to know, Brandon. Yeah. How many times have I cried during this song? If we turn the song off and I gave you a piece of paper I and a pen, love could you, what percent of the lyrics you could, could you write down accurately from memory alone. on a piece of paper right now? Clearly, clearly 100. Losing the second line though. Once you get to the chorus. That's not my choice. That song's 75% I could write down. Here's my choice. UB40 Red Red Wine mm. covering uh, covering Neil Diamond's uh, classic mm. in a uh, in a UK reggae style. Oh my goodness. I love this song. I really like it. Yeah. What can I say? Absolutely. It's a damn good song. Classic from the Junior High Dances. So good. There you go. You just sit with it. It's 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 wonderful. <laughs> um, that, it, that's a song. Nostalgia that, dripping with nostalgia. On the one hand, you can see why it was popular, and you're also glad that it was popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and kind of interesting history. Reggae has like this weird um, this weird chapter that's really been extended in the United Kingdom. It got huge in the UK. These guys are from the UK. They they didn't. My understanding is they didn't know this was a Neil Diamond song. Neil Diamond wrote it originally. It was not a reggae song, but there was a a, a reggae version that came out kind of s- shortly after Neil Diamond's version. That's what they heard. That's what they thought they were covering, and then they found out later that it was actually Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond loves it and actually tries to perform a reggae version of it <laughs> himself. Um, but but UB40, uh, whatever you think of UB40, they. Made an incredible song. It hit number one on the the Billboard Hot list. Um, just a great song. Do they have any other hits? Oh yeah, they have the Elvis song. Yeah, What's they did. Elvis I can't song? help falling in love. Yeah. That was from the Sliver soundtrack, yeah, if yeah. I remember right. Um, <laughs> they do a version of Many Rivers to I remember Cross. That scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had like they had I many think, rivers to cross. Is that like a Jimmy Cliff or somebody yeah. else song? But they did cover that. They do. They have a bunch of hits. They're totally part of the soundtrack of my my youth, and they're kind of lumped in with 
new wave and yeah. British, yeah, they're British de- two tone scots exoticism. Stuff, definitely <laughs> not a one hit wonder. They had a good run. Yeah. Um, they, they haven't always gotten along well with each other, but they uh, are. Are they a reggae band or all their songs? Reggae? Yeah. I, I think yeah, most people mostly, would consider mostly. that they they yeah. do get yeah. grouped and at, in. I at think the a little time bit. that this came out was reggae generally popular. Or was this? Uh, I I don't know for sure. My hunch is that the uh, that they probably helped a little bit with a uh, with a resurgence in reggae because they were. I mean, if you're if we're being fully honest, and maybe Steve can speak to this more, but it was it was. They had white members in their group. It was a little bit probably whiter sounding version of reggae. And I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times that helps. It was probably soon after this that Bob Marley's Legend came out. Is that a, is that a greatest hits? Yeah, yeah, Legends of Greatest Hits. I remember that oh, yeah. playing heavily Every human, early high school. Yeah, yeah anyone that oh, went to yeah. college in the 80s or 90s has owned a copy of yeah. Bob Marley's the, legend. the sound is cleaner. It's more produced. Like a lot of stuff was in the '80s, more overly produced, more cleaner, more accessible than a lot of just reggae tracks that you hear. Yeah, but, there might have been the racial component, but also it's just kind of the the re the 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 new sound, the new package for for an older sound that's happening in new wave and in the eighties, right? It's mm-hmm. like the nostalgia part of it. And so the reviving of all these other styles, yeah, you've so, got the rockabilly, but you've I, got I have the a hard sky, time thinking the... of other reggae bands besides them that were popular at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I if... mean, cause Bob Marley so was legend comes out in 84. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, and then UB 40, let's see. Why, why was that so popular in the early nineties then? Provo was behind yeah. seven, years, that seven years behind <laughs> nostalgia at the time. I, yeah, and I Maybe. think it remained. I don't. I, I would imagine. It and they popular. so they start. It looks like they're they started in seventy eight, and then you know, Red Wine is eighty three. Year before Legend comes out, so it's it's around it's the same a, time. You yeah. know, I yeah. thought about when I was looking through this. I thought about the whole our New Wave episode and how yeah. there were so many people from England and from the United States yeah. doing music not from their culture and trying to borrow or even just kind of recreate like yeah. almost like kind of like the vintage revival that happened like in the last 10 years or so like oh we're going to do we're going to do ska we're going to do rockabilly we're going to I mean Neil Young even tried right with his rockabilly record and these guys did reggae yeah in a way that was super Which that accessible was probably 84 83 popular yeah. reggae got, everybody's uh, rocking there's <laughs> eddie grant you know oh, electric yeah, avenue right. that was eddie on my grant. list that eddie was grant. but it did i don't yeah. know if it quite broke the top 10 i was trying yeah to... maybe not and then that remember that song <laughs> pass the duty on the yes. left side that was on my pass list okay no more we might okay. that <laughs> i was i was thinking that one made number 10 so I, oh, anyway okay i'm not gonna do that one though brandon you're up 80s pick what's yours um yeah this one this decade was the easiest for me yes because i mean i I think or the hardest because there's a lot the hardest to choose from yeah (laughs) right easiest to make a list of contenders uh because looking back at our our space lists from the 80s most of them are pretty familiar to most people that were around at the time you know we did we didn't have a ton of deep cuts on those lists as opposed to the 90s 2000s and right tens which were almost all uh you know more independent stuff um so yeah there's there's a lot of really appealing stuff a lot of super cheesy stuff in the 80s but if you can embrace the cheesiest cheesiness then you're in heaven yeah and even without that there's there's lots of good stuff that that made it and into the the top list 
Um, so in this one, I am fully embracing the cheesiness. That's uh, it. And this, uh, this is a classic from uh, any time that we're doing karaoke uh, for the, the family New Year's Eve party. The Kara and I are pressured into doing this song. Uh, this is Suddenly by Olivia Newton-John and Cliff Richard from Ooh. the Xanadu soundtrack. Nice. What was the peak position for this song? I don't know. It's oh, in come there. On. It's up there. You look up. Are you? Wait, wait, wait. Are you challenging this pick, Jordan? No, Are you trying I, to swat this pick I'm down? Not, I'm not. I love the song. I, Are, I just do have, you think it might not have I made just the top ten? Prepared. Okay. That's all. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe you did too, but well, let's hear it. Fight, fight, fight. If you fight. want to challenge it, that's up to you. But I'm, I'm just going on the assumption that it cracked the top ten. Okay. I just need, we need to hear the chorus and the bridge, so I'm going to skip forward here. I got bad news for you, Brandon. What's that? <laughs> I got really bad news for you. Not top 10? Peak position 20. That's all right. Well, whatever. I mean, there's just, a, just whatever. Coming a lot. Into SWAT. Swatted. Jason's coming into SWAT. I mean, there's a lot I'm from Xanadu. I'm you loving this pick. tune. <laughs> you, got, you got Magic by Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. That was a number one, I think. I'm loving and, this tune. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, think, I think Brandon might have... Up and under you and scored <laughs> and scored on. You. Well, then the rules mean nothing. Yeah. He traveled to do it. Yeah, Rep, repping is a hard. The ref rep is a hard the job. He took five steps to do it. It's today's NBA. It's a gather step. <laughs> that was no gather step. I, if that means that I need to do another pick, just so be. <laughs> no, no, I've heard enough. I'm willing to. I'm willing to rescind my okay. swat. Uh, that's right. what I was. That's what I was like. So, do we really want to give him? Another well, at least it's a situation where I am legitimately surprised that it is not. Didn't make the top ten. Are you? Yeah, I'm not. You're not? No. There's you don't hear that and think I've heard this a billion times. It has to have been in the top ten. <laughs> There's I I was I had gone through a list of like all t- number one hits so I knew it wasn't that uh-huh. and I knew she had one that was a number one hit because I have it on here. Who's yeah. Cliff Richard but, anyway? Well, I don't I have no idea about that guy. A, his voice is silky don't smooth know. though. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I Keith here, Richard. Oh. Is, <laughs> here's here's so why good. I like that song. Um, it uh, it fits all of Steve's definitions of pop, right? It's got the hook. Uh, I don't remember your other. Your other definition. Memorable. <laughs> no. Universal. Uh, Universal. The, thing I, the 80s Love. seemed like the, the golden age for male-female duets. Yes, oh. yes. So many, and many of them yeah. like film I'm not, not going to you know? mention yeah. any others in oh, case. Boy. In case, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we don't know. But, uh, you know, you had 
and you know and they they weren't in a band together it would just be for that song or an album or something which nowadays you get a lot of the featuring things but it's not them singing together like this it's not like a pairing it's like almost like they're a couple for that song right like it's like this is our yeah so i i like uh i i miss that as a yeah a musical subgenre yeah Yeah. (laughs) the duet ballad oh my gosh we could do a whole episode on those jason's over there having an ulcer right now as we're like (laughs) as we're professing our love for this subgenre don't don't you want more songs that that you and rachel can sing together at karaoke didn't you want more pilo bryson and we and uh, we got just the right amount yeah we have exactly enough (laughs) (laughs) his eyes are twitching somewhere out there (laughs) not giving an inch all right, good pick, yeah. good pick, I Brandon. I enjoyed that. It's it makes me, me want to listen to it more. All right, let's hear it from Steve. Well done. Well, gentlemen, I felt in, uh, I guess in most cases, obliged to kind of pick songs that were, were out of my usual orbit. So go in the direction of, you know, stuff that people might be surprised I liked or that w- wouldn't show up on my record collection, but that if I heard it come on the radio or whatever I'd like, I'd listen to. But for some reason, here's one of my f- just favorite hits from the 80s. It's the song Casanova by Lavert. Some little uh, Caribbean uh, uh, xylophone uh, marimba sneak in there and everything. I mean, I could listen to this forever on repeat, so you can cut it off anytime or keep it going. But uh, yeah, I mean, so this was, I texted uh, the fellas this morning as I was listening to different things and and, uh, getting ready, and I guess. Wikipedia or some places, uh, you know, describe this genre as New Jack Swing, mm. and I, th- I I had never, I hadn't really heard that term. Um, 
But I think this is probably in the earlier stages of it because this kind of spills over into the '90s and yeah, early '90s. This kind the- of this kind of beat, and and you guys, I'm sure Jordan or Jason can wax more uh, poetic or or whatever in in detail on New Jack Swing, but it just seems like it's it's combining various aspects of. Uh, of African American or R and B type music, and and it has to do with the beat and everything. But I, I, I guess one question that was coming to my mind as I'm listening this time, it's like, what's what is the hook? It's like I guess the the the, the chorus is just Casanova, <laughs> and I mean you remember that, and so that's kind of a hook. But to me, one of the things I love about it is the chord progression, which if. If you guys know like Roman numerals or, you know, numbers to refer to chords, like, oh, that's a four chord, that's a five chord, that kind of thing, right? The progression goes four, one, five, six. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's the same progression that's in uh, Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, though it's hmm. like, it's, it's the, the rhythmic placement's a little different. So uh, it, it's kind of like the sexual healing starts in the third bar. And anyway, I don't, I won't go mess with it, but. Same progression. There might be other songs that are that are the same or similar. Like I'm trying to think of Madonna, the the chorus to "Dress You Up" and "My Love" is a kind of a similar progression. But there's something about those four chords and that what I would call is a de- deceptive resolution of the dominant. So the the dun dun dun. I don't know when when you think it's any, anyway that deceptive resolution. It's just a nice loop. So it's a kind of progression. And there are pro- there are lots of examples in pop music and maybe others that you could just listen to that progression over and over and it never just gets sold. It just kind of keeps propelling you forward, you yeah. know, and that's kind of the way I feel about that song. And that's, but it's also has to do with the tempo and the rhythm and the vocals and everything. So anyway, I had forgotten about that one, but I, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. it is. It, it's that. And, and new Jack swing is that combination of, like you said, basically the, the, kind of the black genres at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to really blow your mind, Steve. Uh-oh, uh-oh. There was a movie that was pretty popular <laughs> called New Jack City. Oh, yeah. Which with has Eddie, a whole soundtrack. Murphy, right? No, it's uh, Wesley Snipes. Oh, that's, oh, that's it's, right. It's Wesley Snipes as Nino Brown. I haven't Chris seen Chris Rock's in it playing it. Pookie. It's fantastic. And the whole soundtrack, for the most part, is New Jack, New Jack Swing. Swing. Teddy Riley, right? Teddy Riley was the, the guy who kind of invented new jack swing oh yeah maybe the producer yeah yeah that's yeah well maybe that'll show up in the 90s too but is i mean i'm trying to think is it like is bell bib or the the philly town no the faster boys to men stuff oh right right tony 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 okay okay i think late 80s early 90s would be like really the kind of the golden age the sweet spot bobby brown like a lot of the pop hits from bobby brown and those like the people who came out of new edition like my prerogative but it's even like if you look at i mean i don't want to do too much name dropping but we're almost past the decade like Or like Michael Jackson, Janet yeah. Jackson. Janet was doing it oh, yeah. for sure. Like Janet, Janet Jackson, Jackson, big time, totally was was doing it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. But it was like a sound, and Teddy Riley was this producer. I think he's from Virginia. He was in back uh, Black Street, like right. But he was doing. He was producing other people's music in the mid to late eighties, and I just checked to make sure. And yes, it, it came up. He actually died this last year, and I. Mm. I remember I had known him from Black Street, but I didn't know he was the new Jack Swing guy. But Questlove did a big post about him and other people like about teddy it, riley it kind of came a, have you guys heard of chuck brown so he he did uh-huh. this style of music out of dc called go go and it was like mm. it, like early 80s kind of came out of funk but it started to have like 
some of the roots that became mm-hmm. the beginning part of what yeah. kind of turned into New Jack Swing. But yeah, it was kind of yeah. Those the 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 dancing was all like those almost like suits, all the same color, the big shoulder pads, and they're uh, the flat tops. I mean, there, there was the whole like early nineties thing going on there. All right, my pick for the eighties. This is I, this was for me too. I felt like there were so many I could pick from, and I like where you guys have taken it. I, I'm, there's so many people that I feel like we have not represented in our in, a, in our show at all from this decade. That I'm like, man, I can't believe we haven't heard anything from this person or this person or this person. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and I'll just go for it. I'm gonna go with Whitney Houston. Um, 1987, she had an album. Uh, I think it came out in 87, but it was the first album by a female artist to de- debut at number one, first album in history. Anyway, the song is, that I'm picking is I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> I got it queued up already, George. Perfect. I was anticipating this. Let's hear it. I love those weird, whatever those sounds are. It's so saccharine, so synth, right? The, the ghost notes on that woodblock, her. Yeah, woodblock, <laughs> weird little, such weird little sounds. That fretless bass. <laughs> yeah. This video, too, like, too bad a podcast, we can't see uh, video. But the video of this, this I was watching with the, it. The splattered paint everywhere. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. No, this one, it's like these colored backgrounds, and it's these all all these guys dancing. The dancing by these guys, you watch this and you're like, I cannot believe that was cool dancing. Like it looks so so weird. It's so strange. It's there's like a male. As opposed version to what's cool a, dancing right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's funny. It's like I, it made me want to. I was watching it last night, late at night, like, oh my gosh, I was laughing, trying not to wake up Joanna. I was like, I've got to show this to my kids because <laughs> they'd be like, people dance like that? But anyway. It was I'm, really, it was like unbridled fun, though. Yeah, it was so fun. And you could tell they're having so much fun and that she's having fun. And I mean, this is too, this is like, we had that discussion of when did New Wave, that was kind of underground and cool, become pop and like Whitney Houston I mean this is like that's like synth pop but it's R&B and it's, it's, R&B, it's pop yeah. it's just it was like the and it was a number one hit the album debuted number one my family was went on a trip to Yellowstone in our 15 passenger van 10 of us and the tape we had playing over and over and over again was that album and I never got sick of it I was probably eight or nine years old and I loved it and yeah. so was it 87 summer of 87 I think 87 yeah Cause that's what I I. Th- this song reminds me of. Turn your mic, Steve. We can't hear you. This song reminds me of the summer of '87, and I had just I had graduated from First high kiss. school. First <laughs> <laughs> Congrats- Nailed it. 
Congrats, sure. Congratulations, bud. <laughs> um, no comment. I'll I'll come back to that later. But no, uh, going to my cousin Jennifer's graduation in California, and then going driving with her and a friend of hers to. Uh, raging waters, and, but just driving on just, California yeah. freeways in her car, listening to this song. Yeah, absolutely. Whitney absolutely. Houston, so, Raging Waters, cousin's friend. That sounds like the formula for, yeah. for success. <laughs> for, sounds like heaven. Uh, yeah, my first kiss was very far in the rear view mirror at that point. <laughs> oh, you were experienced. You were. Uh, I was. Ex- I had one experience, and then. <laughs> get him, get him At, some more caffeine. Fast, Keep him talking. Keep him fast talking. forward to uh, post mission for, for part two. <laughs> it's kind of how it went. Uh, uh, nice. Generally, a little bit of a dry spell there. Oh, a little bit of a dry gosh. spell. All but right, that's all right. Before we before we go to nineties, really quick, I want to do something a little bit different, not too different, but I want us to just go around and everyone's got a list of probably some backups. Just kind of in the spirit of honorable mentions. Well, I was going to ask: Are we going to play any? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think <laughs> no, so. Okay. Cause they, they might come up. Let's just in the future. Let's just list yes. our honorable mentions from the eighties. Just one at a time. Like how uh, many you want me to name? Just name one. We'll just go in order. We'll go around a couple times. Uh, all right. Artist uh, and song that you didn't pick that you could have. Matthew Wilder, break my stride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Oh man. Nice. Yeah. Careless whisper, George Michael. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Madonna, Holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. Holland Oats, I Can't Go For That. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> Theme song yeah. to Ghostbusters, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sweet Dreams, Eurythmics. Yeah, oh. I've got it on my list. I've got it on my list. Oh, so good. Oh, man, we're, this is like speed round. <laughs> speed round. Oh, yeah. Keep going. I think I just, I lost. Uh, I don't know, too many. Too many to name. The police. Every breath you take. We haven't done anything. Police or no. sting. Pointers. Wow. Pointer sisters. Neutron dance. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Nice. <laughs> I'm already out. So you, you're already you out. Guys, we'll keep just keep going. Go. Couple keep going, rounds. Keep going. Glory of love. Peter Stare. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Islands in the stream. I do think we had yep. a Dolly Parton. Yep. Yeah. Did we have a Dolly yeah. Parton? So I didn't pick that one. But Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Another duet. Magic. Love that song. Yeah. Murray had one night in Bangkok. Oh yeah. Oh, very man. nice. He's knocking him out okay, of the Brandon. park. Knocking him out of the park. Do you have any more? Um, any other song by Dexy's Midnight Runner? <laughs> <laughs> there isn't another one. <laughs> yeah. We've already established. <laughs> what about this? Tears for Fears. Oh, did yeah. we have shout on our eighties episode? I thought no? I had them in. So I can't I remember. Think, yeah, I, I think. Did I we think, have them? I, I think Jason got them in. Sure. So I think I picked one of theirs for new, the wave. new wave. Every yeah. single time I hear a Tears for Fears song now, like I've, I'm like, they have two legitimately great albums. Yeah. This is better than I remember. It's like I want to listen to this right, more. You keep going, Jordan. Let's go. Let's go. No, yeah, let's go. Nineties, uh, nineties. Axel F. Harold Faltermeyer. Oh my yeah. gosh. Lionel Richie okay. and Diana Ross. Endless love. Fine young cannibals. Good thing. Ooh. Okay. You beat me. I'm done. That's all my. That's on my list right there. But there's some good. There's some good stuff. We didn't have any Bruce Springsteen on there. We didn't have it. But there's a lot of great '80s pop acts that did some memorable, good, catchy pop songs. And yeah. I so think it many. was a magic. It was. It. I think it was the best decade for pop music. Fun pop music. 
But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're forgetting both the '60s and the '70s. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the '90s is actually pretty good too. All right, go, let's go, get let's get through started. this kind of Perfect pump me segue. up about the '90s. Let's, let's um, I've, got, I've got more on my '90s list than I have on my '80s list. Wow. wow. The, the, the and the '90s. Thank you, Wilson Phillips. <laughs> well, the '90s was like when MTV really started to hit their stride as mm. just being a machine, and I was mass consuming. Like I would watch. No exaggeration, three hours a day of MTV. And it was all just pure pop music being delivered in in different through different show formats. And going back through it, there's some great some great stuff. Yeah. So knowing if we're gonna do a similar thing uh, with the nineties, then I think I'll shelve the one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Steve approach and pick one that uh, that might surprise people that uh that uh, it just really works for me. I think it's a great song. I think it's like the 90s version of Aretha Franklin's Respect. It's uh, I'm going to go En Vogue, My Love and Never Gonna Get Ooh. It. <laughs> Damn it, Brandon. <laughs> I can feel something inside me say I really don't think you're strong enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> cool cool pick jason when the family's gone does the share poster come out with her <laughs> no it's always out and uh <laughs> put this music on it's always out and <laughs> uh, vogue what's the actual song that you wanted can't get enough my loving my loving you're never gonna get never, it. you're never, never gonna, gonna get, get it, it. This, yeah, this is I love that little flute. It's such a catchy song. It's great. It's great, great, song. great harmonies. Great, great hook. Yeah. Um, you got a flute in there. What more do you need? Monster it's, music video. It was, uh, it was an anthem, like in 1992. Yeah. And it's got like this kind of the tone, this kind of assertively. It's like sexy, but like empowered, sassy, something. sassy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. R&B sass. It's fun. Uh, paved. I mean, these these ladies paved the way for like Destiny's Child. This was a, this was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, great song. And they were featured Love quite a bit on 
MTV. They were a staple for years, uh, early 90s in MTV. And then you had Fife Dog rapping about Don from In Vogue. At least once. I don't know. Maybe Fife knew. Fife knew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't have anything else to add. All All right. I can, I'll, for some reason, I'm feeling like I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to uh, my. Uh, well, this isn't a shout out to anybody except it's a, <laughs> it's a plug for uh, an old Sesame Street DVD that has a young and Vogue, and it's got Xavion Glover and everything. It's like one of these kids DVDs you could buy. It's one of my favorites, man. That we would show Max and Jack when they were little, but it's 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 so it's got great music on it. It's got this young and Vogue and. And all these different, some New York acts and stuff. So I want to give a nice. plug to that kids Sesame Street DVD. <laughs> They're all just around Central Park or something. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. But it brought to you today by <laughs> the Sesame Street DVD featuring in Vogue, Xavier Glover, and uh, maybe even Shabadoo. I don't. Remember. Must have been. Th- this was this was on on the radio, also on MTV nonstop, nineteen ninety, uh, ubiquitous. I don't know if it was so much that the junior high dances, kind of maybe too sad for that. Uh, this is Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. Uh, I know it's been mentioned before on on the podcast, but not not played yet. Um, and turns out Prince actually did write the song. I don't know. Did anyone know that at the time though? Unless yeah, I remember hearing that back then and being like, "Whoa!" Did we know that though? You knew that. I back knew that. Then? Yeah, I'm my older siblings. I, I, w- I was mass consuming that. MTV. That was a that was a okay. thing. Yeah. But this was the first released version of it, right? Because Prince never. T- yeah, I Prince think that's, didn't release. I think, I think that's so. accurate. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, what a what a voice on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to swat this. By the way. Didn't make to. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this had to have been number one. I was one. just testing Brandon because I know he hasn't. I know he hasn't actually checked his p- chart position. <laughs> it's an, it's number one. It was yes. a number one. Yeah. Here we go, Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. been st- struck by her voice on it just the control that she has 
of her voice, the dynamics of it. She can go from belting it out to just totally drawing it back in almost a whisper, just yeah. on a dime. Right. You know, she's shouting at the doctor and then boom, but he's a fool. You know, yeah. so quiet. And then that uh, that extra high note that she that she hits on that second line of come. <laughs> I yeah, can't, I can't so do it awesome. justice, but she just nails yeah. all these really difficult things to do. And got that iconic music video again. Yeah. Just that close-up of her face. face. That tear comes down at the uh. end. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, oh, so especially early 90s, seems like this was, was also its own, like, mini-genre of the really sad ballad. Like, for, for some reason, in, there's tons of really sad ballads that made number one. They were, like, really popular. Mm. Michael Bolton. Uh, <laughs> it was just sad because Which it was one? Michael. When a man Bolton, loves right? a woman, that one is that him. Yeah. I, he did that. that and uh, how can I? How can I? Supposed to live yeah. without yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Bette Midler. Wind beneath my wings. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of those. Do you know? As we were listening to this, some of the words we came up with were. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 accessible. It's universal. It's repetitive. It's emotional. I think you used the word emotional. It's not fun, right? Because sometimes it's not fun, but it's like it's it's shallow in the. But it's not. It's, it's like not. really deep. So it's like it's not shallow. It's uh, but it's accessible. It's not like doing anything really remarkable musically. It's very simple. But I think that's one of the things that so, I something think something like this though. I think cuts to the core. It of cut, yes, that emotion of losing someone. This whether it's breakup or right. This, this is case, where I like, think popular music at it. As a as an entity that will always evolve and always be contextual to like what's popular now, to me is important. I like even when I don't like it, I like to turn on the radio and just listen. Like what? Because it's I feel like I want to know what is the zeitgeist. Like what are what's connecting with people? You know, there's like a certain sense of like universality that it's important for me to like. What is it about this that is connecting with fifteen year olds or seventeen year olds right now? And is there any part of me that's connecting with? And sometimes I just can't, can't get past the the differences that I, you know, that are there. But I think uh, this is a kind of song, and a lot of them have that where you're just like, you know, this is a universal thing, and that's maybe a, a really positive spin on popular music or popular culture. Something that's like a, some universal humanity connector, which sometimes is driven by certain commercial or crass you know formulations and things anyway that's a great pick brandon well done um yeah but this pick's pretty similar to my last one kind of a one hit wonder and this this pick goes out to my sister elizabeth biz biz if you're listening what's up (laughs) she loves my sister loves michael jackson but lots of r&b type stuff and this is the kind of song where it seems like if it happened to come on Pandora or something I'd like take a screenshot said hey do you remember this song da, da, da. so the song All My Life by oh, yeah. K-CI KC mm-hmm. and JoJo Never find another lover more precious than you. 
I mean, that's just one of those sentimental kind of sappy songs. So, did somebody say sappy in their three words, or what, what did you say? I think Jason it was implied. Saccharin, <laughs> saccharin <laughs> cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's it's the kind of it's the kind of expression that I can get caught up in and think so, about Laura, or and it, just and just the, like you hit that chorus, yeah. and I might it might even make me tear up a little if it <laughs> caught me at the right time. His glasses you know? are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm too jacked up on caffeine right now. To, I was going to try and tears. swat you on that because I didn't, because I'd never heard it before. I thought this can't have been a top 10. It just shows how out of touch I was with late '90s music. But <laughs> yeah. I'd never heard this. It, it was. It did, in fact, hit number one. Yeah, so. Casey yeah, yeah. and JoJo got huge, and they had a moment where. So in the '90s, there was this thing that got popular where hip hop blew up in the '90s. Like the golden era of hip hop is kind of early '90s, and then hip hop went fully pop. And there was this trend where you would combine hip hop with like a really strong R and B chorus. Mm-hmm. And these guys have a great song where they worked with Tupac, and it there uh, he had Casey and JoJo doing the the harmony uh, during this just incredible Tupac song called "How Do You Want It." It's a little bit sexual in nature, but. <laughs> That's that's why you Just bring the R and B guys. It's not, <laughs> it's not food related, like a restaurant order no, or something. No, it's not oh, like a, it's not okay. like a chef. I I was I sort of went there Medium, with it. Mild, I'm, spicy. Yeah, it's a great song. It's really really good. <laughs> it's not related it. to karma. Is that what you're telling me? Maybe as well. I okay, think. yeah. What it's kind of many non, levels? That's the u- ubiquity or? of it. Yeah, many levels. Anyway, there you go. That's a oh, song. Man. If it comes on, man, I am. I'm going to turn it up, yeah. and I'm just going to sing along. You want to sing along at the top of your lungs, try to harmonize that harmony? Oh, just takes you away. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Very nice. So 90s Shout was, out, was harder for me than 80s. I was surprised that some of the, the groups, like alternative groups that I thought were didn't their, their hits weren't quite in the top 10. And I challenged myself to do try to do top just number one hits only, oh and I, I decided not to. I, I took a number two hit for this one. It's 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 their most cheesy, most pop song. You might know what it is. This is a band that probably maybe all of us liked at some, and then they kind of something happened as the decade went on. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I was going to guess that. I was going to oh, guess that. I maybe. love. I love this song when it came out, and I read a little bit about it. I'll talk. We'll talk about it just briefly after we hear it. Under the Bridge by. So the, this Chili was Peppers. on my list. I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, it's a it's, yeah. Let's hear it, and then we'll chat. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner 
sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. I drive on the streets, cause she's my companion. I walk through the hills, cause she knows who I am. She sees my good deeds, and she kisses. Another kind of sad ballad, right? Different, but similar. Deep, right? So we can bring it down. Oh, wait, no, no, we no, 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 Oh, this, sure. right, this is right at the end, right? It's like 98, 99. No, no this no. is 92. Oh, no, it's 92. Okay. Because early. Okay. So I, I wasn't, mm. we've done our funk episode. I wasn't into funk, but I was hearing this song and I was just like, oh, this song. Like it just, as, as a 14 year old, whatever, it was like, oh, you know, my pop, whatever. I didn't like it. You know, ironically, I like loved it. This is a great song. And then as I got into funk music and I, and I had some Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff and I saw that they were so funk informed i thought oh that's some of that guitar and bass stuff that they're doing you know even though it's kind of a ballad there's like you can hear the funk the sparse the kind of interplay there but um so obviously it's like a serious song it's catchy it's poppy it was different for them the thing that i didn't know about this that i found out is so rick rubin was was producing this they weren't doing they were you know doing give it away and they're more kind of aggressive and fast stuff and rick rubin saw Anthony Kiedis's like notes like a poem in like his journal and was like what is this like I love this poem you wrote and Anthony Kiedis is like three years sober from heroin and stuff and and not hanging out with his band very much because they were still you know doing stuff like I think weed and stuff and he was like completely sober when, when did one of them die that way after this i don't know exactly when that Wasn't was their guitarist no because frusciante was still on this it was, was the drummer they they had a different drummer before chad yeah. smith it might have been him. might have been him but anyway rick rubin talk, said we got to do this and anthony kiedis was a little hesitant because it was so personal it was like his poem about being sober and and not having his girlfriend not hanging out with bandmates and basically walking around and you know yeah this is the def- definitely the outlier for for their right. Band and their set list. Think you know? of their trajectory. If they didn't like this song, made them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like in terms of people buying records because of this song, I, yeah. I'm assuming. And also, you know, they they probably went more in a pop direction than maybe they would have. Um, but this was uh, so. This might have been the beginning of the end of them as kind of a credible, like cool band. Yeah. But it was also just a great pop song yeah they had worked with george clinton before he had produced at least one maybe two of their albums and then ruben came in but this also was like the perfect timing so it wasn't just this song it was this whole album lined up perfectly with kind of what was happening with mtv and so they had these videos for 
give it away for this. I think there was a third one. Um, Kiedis was like a, a very handsome front man, and that made it so that the video marketing of it right. helped. It was very easy. and But it was like they're great. Frusciante's an yeah, incredible guitarist. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I was glad, I'm glad you picked it. I tried to see. Oh, in, the, in the 90s, like anyone that that if they knew the name of a bass player, it was Flea. Right. right. Flea was the bass and player. him and Les Claypool. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I tr- anyway, it, it's a great pick. It's a legitimately good song. It got p- overplayed, overplayed so much. Totally. Um, did, you, did you ever buy this album, Blood Sugar, Blood Sugar Sex, Sex Magic? Magic? I, my, my cousin who lived, my mom's cousin who lived with us for a while <laughs> had it. And I, and it's, I it's, made a tape of it. It's but, yeah. really, really, it's got over some, the top sexual. It's got like, some really uh, songs on there. It's like, oh, okay, like, I'm gonna skip that one. When really? I was all, like, all their <laughs> yeah. stuff is like before this, right? What, but this they had took a lot it, of funk this, covers and a lot of this. You know. This they stopped. This they they uh, went past innuendo and just it, it's like <laughs> really it's more very just gratuitous, blatant. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. a it's a really important album. It probably does signify kind of the moment where people would say they sold out. Yeah, um, but it's full of really good songs, and somehow that like this one's always intrigued me. How that song, like what it tapped into in that zeitgeist, because it was a behemoth. Yeah. And I mean, number two is a very was that year end number two, right? I think so. So that's representative of like sustained, like yeah, it was a huge song. Actually, I'm not tapping. sure if it was year end. I love the kind of story element of you've got this band; they're kind of like goofy. They would do the whole thing with putting socks on their on their what? On their dongs? <laughs> Should we say dongs? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I said unit member? I don't know. what. What's the correct Brandon, terminology? You're, you're bleeping is going to be yeah. very active there. No, <laughs> To me, dong is kind of like a bleep itself. It sounds kind of like <laughs> a dong. You know. Anyway, but the point is, they oh were my. like a goofy kind of funky punk band. And then Rick Rubin's this producer, Beastie Boys, all this stuff, this kind of master arranger and producer. And then you've got Anthony, the story of Anthony Kiedis where he doesn't, you know, he's he's a little embarrassed to like put himself out there in this way. And they do it and it becomes, it connected popularly in a way that connected in, with humanity. But here's the thing. Maybe there's something about once you connect that strong, it's like Icarus flying too close to the sun. You're just going to put out <laughs> crap after that or, or just watered down whatever, you know, like Dream of Californication, like all those songs that came in the later 90s from them. I remember just thinking like, man, you know, what happened to them? You know, but uh, it was still like, it was like catchy and people liked it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't in the wave anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't in the, in the zeitgeist. They're still on the radio, but it's like. They weren't on the cool wave. This but isn't cool anymore. They were a, way more popular. After so that. I've already put yeah, Californication as an album. It was huge. Yeah. But, well, they, no, they, it was, it, they no, got I, massive. But I'm just saying, high school students the wave I'm yeah. thinking about is the wave that's like, somehow you're like popular, but you're, but like. The people they who, lost the critical. The people who are cool, culturally still like you. pertinent, or yeah. oh, I don't know. Well, it was. It's or, the critics. They. Yeah. I mean, they stayed massive for twenty years. But like, critics, yeah. were, critics weren't big on those critically realms. maligned. Right. But they. But that's maybe that's the zeitgeist I'm talking about. Critics and popular and kind of even some of the underground. You're just right cresting out of the underground. There was mm. a fun and rivalry. Few and far between that can do all. all those oh, I know. Yeah. That's why it's hard to catch a wave. <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah. 
Uh, fun rivalry between Kiedis and Mike Patton of Faith No More. Is there? And, and Patton uh, um, still accuses Kiedis of being a sellout. Patton, because ne- Patton never made his song that made him millions, and so he's Patton's jealous. Done pretty good for himself, but uh, he was he's always like, like avoided that. Yeah. It seems like Epic did. Wait, that the album name? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the real thing. Epic is the, the real song. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Reversing. Epic was the song with that, that yeah, yeah. fish yeah. at the end. Seems like that, not this level it of popularity, this level. but it was still. It was big. It wasn't this level, though. Yeah. yeah. Both All right. Been that, ra- that wraps up our 90s. Yeah. Do we want to do a quick Zoom round of, of uh, who did we not pick? One more thing I want yeah, to yeah. add about that, that song specifically. Sure. I think it's a good example of... Uh, interesting bass line within a ballad. Yeah. Which is, is hard to do. Like, it's because you don't want to be distracting. Right. Um, but also it gets boring just playing the root note of the chord. Yeah. Um, and listen to that. I'm like, because, you know, Flea is known as being this really fast, intricate Slap bass player. Bass and all this stuff. Yeah. And so listen to it. It's, it's fun that he still comes up with cool stuff to do. Um, kind of yeah. reminds me of. Paul McCartney's bass stuff on something, mm. the George Harrison tune, where similar, like slow ballad, don't want to be distracting, but he's the bass but stuff. But you do on that some interesting stuff. Amazing. Well, and he's, it's tasteful because he doesn't do that the whole time. Yeah. He, he lets the song build with it. So that's, yeah. Cool. Okay. We're, we're done with 90s. Um, should, we, should we just jump into the 2000s or did you like the little lightning round of honorable mentions? Do, do Maybe th- a little shorter of that. Do three rounds of lightning round. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, oh, Groove is in the heart, delight. Okay. That's the one I almost picked. Steve, you got one? Emotions, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the first single I ever bought on tape, Jesus Jones, right here, right now, <laughs> oh, ni- 1990. Baby. Oh, baby. Oops, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Uh, back to Life, Soul to Soul. Oh! 1979, Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Um, I don't think that was a top ten. Look it up. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I thought I thought don't the sweater song would have been, me. and the sweater song was like Jason's. thirty at the top. No, because alternative. It, I'm telling you, I, I think Jason might be right. Alternative Listen. had a weird Brandon, relationship. There's a reason I was up until three forty a.m. last night. I was doing a ton of research on this mention. stuff. Jason's pick. U.S. Back Billboard to Hot Jason, 12. Jason it made took, top 12, not Jason top took the, okay. the structure of this episode seriously. <laughs> I'm proud of you, I Jason. I did as well. Uh, Brandon <laughs> had other things going on. He didn't have time to prepare. But um, it, it's a weird reflection because we grew up in the 90s. Grunge was huge. And it, it was interesting to me fi- yeah. realizing that alternative music still in the 90s as big as it was to us it wasn't did not break to, into yeah. billboard top R- r&b was way hot bigger. list yes r&b was much bigger on yeah. the on the pop general thing yeah, that was J- a surprise to me jason's too. pick when we think of just any number of like dance hits that i would have been you know an undergrad at byu going to zen and so mm-hmm. like uh i believe the band is spin a german band i've got the power i've got <laughs> Those type yeah. of dance hits. Oh yeah, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting, um, it's getting does it like Rob Bass kind of goes oh, in that? Yeah. It takes two to make a thing go right. But I, I don't know if there's like the cheerleader 10, songs. But. Yeah, the cheerleaders would do that. That's an, to that Thank you for listening. The rest of this episode will be continued next week. Love your servants in music. <laughs> <laughs>